Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review of the Fallout from Double or Nothing. I'm with Brad, as always. Brad, how you doing? I am excellent. How are you, Mike? I am good. Um, first of all, I think we got to get into the news, because goddamn, WWE coming out there with so much news this week that greatly impacts AEW as well, and just wrestling as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, like, really, this this past week was earth-shattering. Yeah, um, the news coming from WWE this week is huge, and it uh, makes AEW and independent wrestling as a whole, and New Japan and all those other companies, more interesting to see what's going to happen now. Oh, fuck, absolutely. Okay, so, well, what was it? Just this, did this happen Tuesday night? Maybe or, I no I think Monday I think it was Monday night I think I heard of this it was Monday or Tuesday anyways the night before I had seen or we had seen um Sean Rossap was tweeting that the next day was going to be a very big news day <clears throat> in sorry this was Tuesday and it was the news was going to come out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He was saying that their Wednesday was going to be a very big news day. And a couple, there were, there had been news that, um, awesome Kong and who was, uh, Shanna had been released from not released. Their contracts had run out with AW and they weren't picking them up. Awesome Kong's hurt. Shanna had some difficulties backstage and her travel stuff was difficult mm-hmm. so they didn't pick them up so some people were theorizing that oh aw is going to maybe make some extension announcements with people's contracts coming up or potentially some signings as tony khan had talked about expanding um off of their new deal with uh with turner but that is that's not the case what happened was the next morning I saw, I, I knew to check with Sean Rossap the next day. I was just like, he's going to break some shit. He knows something. Mm-hmm. So, and he said that he was waiting on embargoes. And the next day he said, there are more WWE releases coming. These are very significant releases. And he was waiting until the talent knew before he said who it was. So he knew about all these releases mm-hmm. ahead of time. And then he dropped the list and it, the first one dropped my jaw, not because I'm I think he's great, but because of how much um how how big his profile was in wrestling. That was Braun Strowman yeah. of all people was dropped. <clears throat> he was he was just in he just had a title match and yeah, a few at WrestleMania <laughs> and a feud with Shane McMahon at at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. Alistair Black, who there had just been rumors that his once released wife was coming back to the company. Apparently, that's not happening now. Yeah, and he had just started a new program and just recently attacked Big E on TV. Yeah, they, and like his new promos and stuff like were like super animated like he's doing like these ancient stories and stuff like they're putting a lot of money into it and then they just let him go it's yeah so people weird. were really intrigued with them so mm-hmm. clearly they didn't really know what to do with them um yeah. and he had done basically nothing for two years mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, since Ruby Riot, who Ruby Riot, who by all accounts was one of the most beloved people in the locker room, and based off of anybody's opinion who had ever watched her outside of WWE and inside, but mostly outside of WWE, one of the better female workers in the industry. Oh yeah, if look up Heidi Loveless if you've never seen her like in her shimmer days and when she worked on the indies, she's incredible. Like. It's that's a tale as old as time when these people get released from WWE, but it's like, how do you not make her a star? She's got a great look, like all her tattoos and her, her like punk aesthetic. Like you could do so much with that. And they just never did. I don't, I don't get it. They literally have seven women signed to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah. I saw that list. That's crazy. And they were, she was in a tag team and they have the uh, women's tag titles and I don't know who they're going to have feud for those and stuff. They don't have any tag teams. Mm-hmm. They're, Oh, it's ridiculous. And they were essentially the only real tag team. Yeah. The others were all single stars pushed together. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Then you have Buddy Murphy, who is one of the best workers in the company. I don't, I never, I didn't watch WWE when he was working. I've seen some of his work. I saw some of his 205 stuff. So I saw his work, but I, what I'm trying to get at is I've never seen if he can talk. I don't know if he can talk on the mic. I have no idea. Yeah, um, they didn't really let him talk much in WWE. They just kind of let him go out and do his thing. And he's, um, I don't, this is going to sound negative, but I'm not really meaning. He's Kenny Omega light. Like he has a very similar style to Kenny Omega. They do a lot of similar mm-hmm. moves and stuff. So, Absolutely. Then there's Lana. She got released. This is Miro's wife. Um, if she wants to continue working as a wrestler, she will find work. Mm-hmm. Um, she never really did anything for me in WWE. She was funny. Yeah. I'll give her that. She's a good talker. She's a funny character. She has a role as a valet or a manager or just a character wherever yeah. she wants to go mm-hmm. and you never know maybe she could work and they just didn't know how to use her yeah who knows i know she had been like going back to the performance center a lot to get better so she had been mm-hmm. trying to get better but like you said she's she's an excellent manager so anyone that could use her as a manager would highly benefit for from her the last person was santana garrett and i'll be honest i yeah I didn't know if I'd ever watched a match until you said she was in the Mae Young Classic. And I was like, okay, so I must have seen her because I watched those. Mm-hmm. Um, but that tells you as much about her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I've never watched her. I have no idea who she is, what she is. I know that she had some, uh, in her personal life, in her personal politics, she had gotten some heat. Um, that doesn't seem to matter in WWE, so that's probably not the reason why she's gone. Mm-hmm. They probably just didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't seen her on any WWE stuff in a long time, so it's probably just one of those things. And I know Aleister Black had come out and said that they he, they had told him that all these releases were because of budget cuts. And I had read that Braun Strowman's contract was too much and they didn't want to pay him anymore or something. It was over a million dollars. Yeah. So, which is still <laughs> crazy because he's, like he's like a WWE guy to the max. He's a company man. Yeah. Yeah, they, they brought him in. They trained him how to work and... It's crazy. I don't know what he's going to do because I remember last year he was talking shit on the indies and talking about yeah, how they... he <laughs> so talked know. a lot of shit. Yeah. He talked a shit. He talked shit to Evil Uno mm-hmm. about indie wrestlers. 
probably not even realizing that Evil Uno was signed to AEW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that shows how connected he is with the wrestling world outside mm-hmm. of WWE, which is not at all. Yeah. So, I don't know. He could go back to, because I think he's a strong man before, he could go back to that. I'm sure somebody would hire him. He's a former WWE guy, so he'll get people to watch. He's done a little bit of acting. He's a, he's a funny guy. He he He's probably best suited for that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Go get beat up by John Wick. Yeah. In, like, John Wick 8. Yeah, be henchman. Like the main henchman in a movie, yeah, he'd be good for that. Or I, I could see him going to Impact. I could see Impact using him. Oh yeah, of the. So I, I think we should do a little quick run through where we think we should where they would end up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give my where I think they will, and then a long shot okay. for each of them. Okay. Um, where I think Braun ends up is Impact. Me too. A long shot for me is New Japan because. They do have a history, not recently, but they do have a history of bringing in, um, big gaijin, big giant gaijins yeah. from other companies. I can like, see that, like he, Matt Bloom, for instance. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would really fit in there, but you never know. Um, I do also think it is likely that he comes back to WWE eventually. I can see that too. Like he just waits a little bit, and they just bring him back. I don't think we'll ever see him on the indies, even though if someone were to get him on an indie show, he would draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. He'd, he'd probably also get booed. Yeah. He'd have to be <laughs> out a of the building. Because sure, people would boo him out of the building. Because that's all I saw. Like, everyone was like sad about everyone else except for Braun Strowman. They were all, <laughs> everyone on Because he's talking just... shit on the indies. Yeah. If he shows up, they'll throw shit at him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone would even want to wrestle him. Like, he burned that bridge and then got cut. And it, it's actually. I don't know. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave that All right. Be. Then Alistair Black. Um, for me, he's he's very much most likely AW bound. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's talked about how he wants creative control. Uh, or not necessarily. Yeah, he wants creative control, but he wants like the shackles off. <laughs> he's tweeted about the shackles being off. And that. Um, yeah, so... AW and then uh, long shot would be New Japan. His style would work in New Japan. However, they don't talk there, so he's not going to really get yeah. too much of an opportunity to talk there. So the style works, the character stuff not so much. Yeah, unless they can make him go like full demonic. I don't know how the Japanese fans feel about like a fool because when he was on the Indies as Tommy End, you know he'd come out in like the corpse paint and upside down crosses, and I don't know how that'd go over in Japan, but. I mean, they have evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have evil, but he's coming out and almost like cosplay. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then you have uh, Ruby Riot, who is uh, what's her first name? Her indie name was Heidi Loveless. I don't know if that's her real name. Or Hi- not, Heidi Loveless. She'll, she'll probably just go back to that name mm-hmm. again. They almost always do. Yeah, Alistair Black is has already he's changed like, all his branding to uh, Tommy End, mm-hmm. which is cool. That's a really really cool name. I know. I love that name. I was so sad when he, he went to WWE and they made him change it. I was like, Tommy End is such already, a cool name. <laughs> he's already got Tommy End merch mm-hmm. out for pre order. Yeah, like he's he's doing it already. Um, yeah, Ruby Wright, AEW. Like they're gonna if they don't sign sign her like back up the truck to her. It would be a huge mistake. They have not capitalized on big 
female free agents in the past, so it's possible she goes to Impact. I know Impact has that... been really getting the the women that have been getting released and doing good things with them. But yeah, AEW they could use her so much in their women's division. She'd be great there. Yeah, they missed out on Deanna Perrazzo. They missed out on Jordan Grace. Mm-hmm. They've missed out on quite a few high profile women. So, and you can't knock ring of honor for how they've been bringing in women however however they've been doing it from the indies Mm -hmm. so i think i don't really think they're going after wwe's cast-offs as they are bringing in the hot young indie talent yeah they brought in ec3 and that was like the only one they've really brought in that got released but he i don't think he's exclusive like he he goes wherever he wants yeah um then you have buddy murphy he's new japan bound in my opinion yeah He's from Australia, so that's not that far from Japan, and that, he'd do so well in New Japan. Like that, that needs to happen. Him and the best of the yeah. Super Juniors would be great. Yeah, he already works a style that we know works there <laughs> because he, as you said, most of his uh, moves are heavily influenced by Kenny Omega. Um, like he's he's essentially the product of what Kenny Omega created mm-hmm. like that wave of that style that people have emu- emulated since that time. He's a product of that. He that's probably largely why he's in WWE where he was mm-hmm. yeah. um, on the card and like no knock against him. He's extremely talented. I think he was vastly misused there. Um, I think New Japan is a good spot for him because, like I said, we don't know that much about his character work, and that's not necessarily that's not necessary there. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we know he would work in AW because, again, Kenny yeah. runs that company. Bringing <laughs> yeah. in a guy who, like, a match with Kenny would be fantastic. Oh man, It'd be like the classic mirror matches in Mortal Kombat, but real life. But there is something to be said for AW being very, very full. And do you want to bring in a guy who mirrors yeah, somebody who's champ. already there? Yeah, maybe go with somebody a little more, a little different. Yeah, and if he goes um, to New Japan, they could still bring him in, mm-hmm. in with their deal and stuff. So totally, totally. I mean, we will see Murphy versus uh, Murphy Kenny. versus Kenny, Kenny at some point, mm-hmm. guaranteed, and. I'll I'll get to some other stuff later. Um, so then we have Lana. I think wrestling wise, Impact, mm-hmm. um, but most likely AW. Just if she wants to just be with her husband and be a character on the show and be funny and just support his character, AW will have her. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. Um, Santana Garrett impact i but i'm saying that because like i have no fucking clue Mm -hmm. i have no idea yeah i mean but they they do well with women Mm -hmm. um that would be a good place for her to go to at the very least put her name out there Mm -hmm. and you never know maybe ring of honor they are building up their women's division yeah she'd be good there too since they're doing it was it women wednesdays like they have the show Mm -hmm. that tends to be the indies mm-hmm. like it's all filled with the top indie talent um the, I, I gotta give them credit they're pulling in a lot of the indies um mlw is doing that as well i don't necessarily know if 
I don't think they're doing that with contracts. I think it's per appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Lee Moriarty got put in their draft. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Um, but he has confirmed that he has not signed a contract, so he's still a free agent, but he's going to be doing MLW tapings. Which is cool. Um, Good for him. Yeah, and the uh, the Ring of Honor women's division is on YouTube mm-hmm. for this this tournament that they're doing. So that's still very cool, and it it's giving these women a lot of mainstream exposure. So I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, some more news. I don't know if we ever even had a chance to talk about it, but after uh, Double or Nothing, Leo Rush showed up, but it's come out that he's signed to New Japan. And his, yeah, that's news. Yeah. <laughs> and his appearances on AEW are like, what they say, a handshake deal? Yeah, essentially, he. It's a. Uh, I would imagine it's similar to, and not to the same extent, but similar to MJF or to um, Pillman Jr., where legally they could not sign with new with uh AEW even if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa as well. They legally cannot sign to AEW. Mm-hmm. Um so and I don't think that uh Leo Rush is in the same position as them where he wants to sign with AEW, but I think this just gives him we're going to see him essentially. Yeah. It's a handshake deal because of their working relationship, he can go back and forth. Um New Japan can't use him the way they would like to right now. I'm sure they'd like to have him in Japan. Oh, for sure. They, yeah, because when he, like a couple months ago, the Japanese New Japan Twitter account was tweeting about him a lot. That's what I thought he had signed with them a long time ago because of that. I was like, oh, they're going to probably has. bring him to Japan and shoot him to the moon. But that, that damn pandemic's still going. So we don't know when he'll be able to get over to Japan. If you guys do hear some crazy noises, um, my pipes are very loud, so that's what those are. <laughs> if it sounds like a dinosaur or like my, the roof of my house caving in on me, that's all that is. It's somebody above me flushing the toilet. <laughs> it's very loud. We we did. There was a reno here, and we did a, like an open, like a an industrial looking look. So mm-hmm. we took a took out the bulkhead, so if the pipes are exposed, so it just makes oh, it a okay. lot louder. You just hear everything. So if you hear that, that's what that is. <laughs> okay, so I think this is a Dynamite podcast. We should get to Dynamite. Yes. Um, yeah, so this was the the fallout from Double or Nothing episode with not a lot of fallout from Double yeah. or Nothing. We kind of just... I think they they carried over every single feud. Mm-hmm. Like lit- all of them. And I think that is why the overwhelming opinion on of this episode was just sort of okay yeah it wasn't bad because obviously we didn't think anything a double or nothing was bad yeah um but it's like there's what you want from the next episode is something new yeah new story story we didn't get any of that with the exception of one major major piece which we will get to Mm mm-hmm so let's get into the first segment, which was the Bucks versus Pack and Penta. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, this match was great. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. I was like, oh man, they're really going to go all out for this Friday Night Dynamite, which is good because it's coming on late and I'm tired from work. So, But yeah, this, this was match of the show and it was great. Had a lot of fun. Lots of moving parts, and they they all handled it well. And the Bucks had like 
my new favorite comedy heel spot uh, in it. <laughs> and we'll get to it when that spot comes up. But yeah, this match was a lot of fun. What do you think, Mike? I thought this was by far the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Really well worked. Um, I thought that uh, Pack and Penta, like they, they got me on this. Like I was, I legit thought that they had a good chance of winning, mm-hmm. especially with the titles not being on the line. Yeah. Um, to raise some doubt for the Bucks going forward, and to give a potential title shot down the down the line um they haven't done that a whole lot in in uh aw where the where the champs lose a match so i thought that was uh something that they could have gone for they did not um yeah there was at the start of fall i think in the middle of the match that got me because i was like oh and then they put the bucks yeah. kicked out <laughs> pack hit the black arrow yeah 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 and nobody has kicked out of the black arrow yet that is as protected as the one winged angel mm-hmm um, it was broken up. It was not kicked out of. Nobody's kicked out of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the beginning of this match, Frankie Kazarian came in and attacked Michael Nakazawa in the crowd. He was behind the barricade. He got attacked. I really liked that. It pulled the Good Brothers away because they chased him mm-hmm. out of the uh, out of the ringside area, so they were gone. So the Bucks had less goons. Yeah. So that was good. I liked that a lot. Um. Again, I thought Pack and Penta really controlled this match for like ninety percent of it. They looked like world beaters out there, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, "Holy shit, they might win this!" Um, the, I thought that was so cool. Um, we saw the Bucks doing absolutely healing it up. They were channeling, which is fun. I like how they do this. They don't channel all the great heels; they channel all the great faces yeah. <laughs> of wrestling history. So I, that's even more shit heel of them. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they were. I made a comment about this when we were watching. You this. made me laugh they, so hard when you their said ring gear looked like they were channeling the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all like browns and like golds, Tuscan yeah. colors and golds <laughs> and like like deep crimsons i was like oh my god this is like it's like if you could do like a a thread on twitter of the bucks as big box yeah food uh, chain like, restaurants or something <laughs> yeah and i bet you could i bet you could yeah um one of them was definitely taco bell oh yeah um yeah the nick and penta did their really cool standoff move that they did normally do outside the ring this time they did it on the apron where nick hit a german that planted pock on his head and penta hit the uh i can't remember what it is but it's their package pile driver just yeah they they gave it a name i don't ever remember it having a name until last night it, it has a name but i just i, I don't remember it mm-hmm. something death yeah <laughs> um Nick Jackson attempted to rip off the mask of Penta, which was really funny because yeah. he ripped off the top of the mask and he thought that he had ripped off the mask. He turned around and Pac was standing there like a Ninja Turtle <laughs> without the uh, <laughs> without like his head without the the face band on, <laughs> um, and he looked really weird because his head was completely round, yeah. but there was a mask on it still, and he's like, "Oh, holy shit! Yeah, I didn't that, do it!" And then he got <laughs> he did look funny got his head taken got off, the top piece of his mask like um just round i thought that was really good um pat as we said pack hit the black arrow and it's not been kicked out of the pin was broken up and 
I thought Cutler in particular as the young boy has been really coming into his own lately. <laughs> and he ended up winning the match for the Bucks by hitting Pac when he was on the top rope with his little like GoPro tripod thing. Yeah. Um, he hit Pac in the back of the knee. He fell down. He got rolled up for the win. I just thought this match was excellent. And then Kingston came down afterwards during a bit of a beatdown to chase off the heels. Um, yeah, you had you wanted to talk about a moment that you really liked that was funny. Oh, it was the the mask part. Oh no no no! Oh, the, oh, mask. the, the uh, when the Bucks were um, they were what they had him set up for like a dive, and yes. uh, he was holding Pac for a dive, and Matt was acting like he was going to dive, and then he got out of the ring and ran all the, like ran down the steps, ran all the way around the ring, and just clotheslined him. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's funny. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah, that made me laugh um, really hard. And then there was a spot where um, Matt was doing something to Pac, and Pac pushed him down, but then Nick kicked Pac. Like, Nick was up on the apron, and he punt kicked Pac, and Pac sold that like he got shot. That was such a good sell job by Pac on that kick from Nick. Yeah, I thought this match was expertly done. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so clean, and it was a perfect start to the show. Yeah, unfortunately, the rest of the show kind of didn't follow suit. But yeah, and they also talked about uh, before that the Bucks had beaten up uh, Phoenix, Phoenix in the back. He's injured, which I get. He's been injured for a little bit, so that's probably how they're gonna write him off. And they said he injured Mox, and Mox is out for a while. But we all know that Renee's very pregnant, so I'm sure they're gonna have their baby soon. So that's why he's written off. Yeah, I have some theories uh, as to where these as to where the story is heading. Um, but where, where do you think we're going with the elite and with just with the elite? Where do you think we're heading here? I think, I don't know. I haven't really ever thought about it. I think maybe the bucks get too heelish and like it pisses off the rest of the elite, but I don't know. They're all kind of acting like idiots. So <laughs> it seems to be going around. I, I tend to think, and I waffled on this a little bit as the show went on, but I tend, I think that we might be getting, I think we're going to get a Pac versus Kenny at some point. But again, Kenny's got lots of different people coming for him right now, but it could be, uh, they could, but they have to spread it out for the three months heading into the pay-per-view and they have fighter fest as well. Um, and jungle boy and all this stuff. Um, but I think we're probably going to get Pac versus Kenny. We could also get, as we, actually, I should talk about this now. Uh, later on in the back, we saw Kingston, and he is trying to calm down Pac and Pentagon, because they, they have approached him. They are saying, we don't need your help. We don't want anything to do with you. Obviously, they have history, as we've seen in the past. And mm-hmm. Kingston says, honestly, guys, this isn't personal. This, my en- The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and you guys could could learn a little bit from that you should think on that and then that was a short quick segment there and so i think we might get Pac versus kingston we might get Pac versus kenny we're probably going to get kingston versus kenny mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think and i think we might end up out of this get um pentagon and phoenix versus the bucks yeah i think that is uh where that where the bucks play into it is they're probably going to get and they're probably going to beat them and then I think that uh, we will likely see Proud and Powerful versus the Bucks at All Out. Or All In, whatever it's called. Out. <laughs> <laughs>
all something. But yeah, that's that's actually a lot of good points. I I like where you're you're going with that. It really seems I, like that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I really like to uh, to look ahead to where AEW is going because you can you can almost look at it like a book. Mm-hmm. Like they have all the points of the chapters laid out, and you can sort of see like, oh, that's the person they're going for. Oh, that's the person they're going for. Anywho, let's get to this next segment because this was really cool, and I should uh, preface this by saying that the crowd last night was noticeably quiet even though there were fans there Mm -hmm. i'm obviously not as many especially it being a 10 o'clock friday show um they had most of them um being shot from the hard camera in that stage area behind them and from what i heard from people on twitter was that dark and dark elevation were shot before this Uh... so i don't know like I don't know how much of Dark and Dark Elevation were shot before this, but they had actually seen quite a few matches ahead of time. So they were probably quite tired. Yeah. And yeah. it's hot. It's yeah. the summer. It's Florida. We have to remember this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not quite the summer, but it's spring in Florida. And I don't know if you've been to spring in Florida, but it's awful. the sand will burn your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder how they're going to do that once they go on the road again, if they'll film it beforehand or not. I mean, they'll probably just shorten the episode lengths, and I know they already have been doing that, because I watched Elevation this past week, and it was not nearly as long. That's good. Because I would hate for them to go on tour and then film Dark and Elevation before, and then every week the crowd's just dead by the time it comes on. It seemed like almost half the length. I didn't time it, but it seemed like it was about an hour long of a show. So... Some of the things that would get huge pops in this were kind of muted. And also, the I have heard that the crowd isn't... The crowd doesn't necessarily... Or that's close to the ring doesn't necessarily pick up what's being said in the ring based off of where the speakers are in that building. Partly, I think, because it's an amphitheater and that's not necessarily what it's built for. Mm-hmm. It's built for being way up in the stands... Yeah. And watching someone on the stage and the fans here are on the stage, so they're not necessarily supposed to hear yeah. everything. So it's a the interesting layout of the amphitheater means that the crowd stuff doesn't always translate. Anyways. So next we had Mark Henry, and this was kinda cool. He comes out, he comes to the ring, and he's wearing, it should be noted, a salmon colored shirt <laughs> underneath his suit. Um Tony Schiavone announces that Mark Henry will be on TV every Friday on Rampage, so it looks like he will be on the announce booth. So that's fun. Or at the very least, backstage doing interviews, Mm -hmm. because that is obviously a strength of his. He does radio interviews every week on Busted Open. Um, Mark Henry says that he's not there to fix AEW. He says there's nothing at AEW that needs to be fixed, but he's there to tighten the screws, which that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, Tony mentions that he looks fantastic. And he asks if Mark is ever open to coming back to ring action. And he says that he won't say yes, but he thinks he still has a lot left in the tank. So we're going to get a couple. Yeah. At least Mark Henry matches at least, three. which is cool. Yeah. Like, um, I think that in the right, in the right place. That's awesome. And then we hear 
on the speaker's Vicky Guerrero's screeching voice. Yeah, this part was so funny because when she came for her first, excuse me, my dog was sleeping on my lap and she woke him up and he started growling like he didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's she's screaming. She's like, excuse me, excuse me. She gets to the ring and the crowd is booing her mm-hmm. intensely. Um and she starts talking about how she's like, I'm here because I'm here to introduce you to a man. And and I'm thinking, oh, this is someone new. Yeah. Because she represents a woman. So this is someone new. And then she says, I'm here to represent a third generation wrestler. And it's like, okay, there's not many of those. <laughs> it's like, and in my mind, it clicked that, oh, this could be Andrade. But it was like, I don't want to give myself that hope. Yeah, don't. And the fans didn't pick up on it because they were still booing her. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't really hear what she was saying. And as I had already talked about, they don't necessarily pick up, especially when they're booing. And she continues to, sh- to shriek. She says, please welcome Andrade El Idolo. And the fans, I guess because she had been speaking in Spanish, didn't quite pick up on what she had said. Mm-hmm. Because... She also said something in Spanish before that, that I don't know Spanish, so I don't know what she said. And once again, the fans, they're quite, they don't quite understand, they're booing, but then they see Andrade come out without music. (laughs) And it, he's coming out to Vicky's laughter, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I have to say that was, that was pretty cold. Like (laughs) he's just coming out to her going, (laughs) and he comes out there looking like an absolute God. Yeah, he's, he had like a money green suit. He looked tanner than ever. Sunglasses, beard looked great. He looked amazing last night. And he had like a diamond uh, of his old mask when he's La Sombra necklace on mm-hmm. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he the crowd actually did go nuts here. Once yeah. they saw who it was, they were jumping up and down. I was jumping up and down. I was bouncing off the walls. My like, uh, wife was taking a shower and I <laughs> got up and ran to the bathroom to tell her. Like, I don't think she'd care, but I had to tell someone. So <laughs> I did the same thing. I, my, my bathroom's right over there, very, very close to where I am. I ran to the bathroom, opened up the door, and I was yelling at my girlfriend. It's like, oh my God, they got Andrade. She's like, I don't know who that is. I don't care. <laughs> she just goes, oh, that's cool. You scared me. And then I ran off. But... <laughs> Uh, so I missed his promo. Mm-hmm. He actually cut a short promo in English. Um, yeah, he, he said, said um, that. Oh, did you write it down? I, I did get okay. it. I went okay. back and I watched. I, I listened to it. He said he used to be. He said I used to say that I was the face of the Latinos, but today, today I'm here to say that I am the new face of all elite wrestling. I was like, and then I was like, okay, so he signed. Yep. And then I think like five minutes after that, they put up the Andrade is all elite graphic. Yeah. So I don't know how long that'll be. Um, I have to say probably at least two years. Mm -hmm. He was tweeting Um, about right before we started recording, he was tweeting about New Japan. So I think he's going to he's going to be there, too, for sure. Yeah, because he's been their former IC champ there and stuff, too. So I'm sure he wants to go back. Yeah, he's guaranteed he's going to. And any of the big guys have said that they're going to go there. Matt Hardy has said he's going to go there. John Moxley said he's going to go. Like, they all say they're going to work with them. So Mm -hmm. that's part of the appeal of AEW. That's why everybody who wants to work in North America 
who's a big shot should go to AW and then they can work with everybody else other than WWE. Mm-hmm. Yep. It doesn't make any sense not to. Yeah. Anyways, he has just the the coolest and calmest demeanor. He looked like an absolute superstar out there. They really put him over as somebody that was firmly implanted in the main event picture already. Mm-hmm. Like they said it. They said it's going to happen. Excalibur, I really appreciated. He was listing all his accomplishments and all his championships all over the world in CMLL in New Japan. So that was really cool to hear. Um, and I was very amused by JR absolutely butchering Andrade's name. And this was after they came back from mm-hmm. commercial. He said, so we got Andre, Edel, Edel. Oh, help me out here. <laughs> and I fucking died. That was hilarious. It, uh, we didn't mention it in the first match he called Pentagon Peter, which made me laugh too. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. like Some people, they look at that as an absolute negative, and I totally understand that. However, I've grown up in Canada watching hockey with, like, 70-year-old commentators struggling to pronounce European names, and it's the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> Obviously, it, it is disrespectful, but it's like a... It's a, it's an old Muppet guys in the fucking rafters thing. Yeah. It reminds like me it, of my dad when, uh, like, growing up, my friends would come over. He could never remember any of my friends' names or anything. It's funny. Like, it's a... <laughs> It's funny. It's like it's part of the. It's like it's part of the character. It's like Jr.'s gimmick. Mm-hmm. He can't. He can't pronounce names, and it, I find it amusing. It's like when Taz um, doesn't speak proper English on Dark, and Excalibur starts making fun of him, and Taz gets mad. Mm-hmm. It's part of the appeal to me. Yeah, I it's find it really funny. funny when he was like, "Oh, help me out here." <laughs> um, and there's actually been some interesting news. That has come out today. This is from Wrestling Inc. Um, And they reported. I don't know where they got this information from. They said it was an exclusive. Maybe it is. Um, They didn't source anybody else. But they said that Andrade has been granted limited say in the finishes of his matches. They said that apparently the talks were, were started immediately after he was released by WWE. And he was looking for veto power over his matches mm. and like he wanted like almost full creative control that tells you probably how bad he was treated in wwe yeah. that he's like i'm not doing this shit again and um the talks fell the talks fell through mm-hmm. and apparently he was he was really close to signing with impact as well but they were trying to get him to do a per appearance basis which is crazy they should have locked him down to a full-time contract. yeah i didn't think they'd be able to afford him Anyways, I think but. that's likely why, mm-hmm. because they would not, they could not give him what he wanted. I would assume um, that's based off of nothing but my own hunch mm-hmm. is that he was looking for a lot of money, and they said, "Oh, we'll give you uh, per appearance stuff, and we'll give you some creative control, but it's, it's per appearance, and it wasn't the amount of appearances that he wanted." And then he was also in talks with Ring with Ring of Honor because of his former stablemates and his friends mm-hmm. that are currently working there. But then apparently the talks reconnected over this past week, and they compromised, and he has um, limited creative control over his finishes. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, actually, that um, 
it kind of it heavily reminds me of when Pac was first coming into AEW, and he said that he did not want to lose while he held the Dragon Gate title. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, you go wrestle for Dragon Gate, do that. When you drop the title, you come back. Yeah. And I like that they uh, they have this collaborative um, nature with their talents, especially the top talents. To not call their own shots, but to have a just to have a say. Yeah, I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, like let's say he's like, actually, you know what? I don't like how I'm being represented here. How about we do this? Yeah, I I, I, think... I like that too. It's not some people online were making it seem like he's just going to come in and pull a Hogan on everyone. I don't don't see him doing that at all. I think it's just no. like if something seems too fishy for him, he he has to say like, I don't like where this is going. And it sounds, when they said he has limited um, control over the finishes, whereas before he had veto power over the over the booking, mm-hmm. that's what he was going. It sounds like he's just like, okay, I don't, I don't want him to kick out of my finish before I do this. Yeah. I I don't think that makes me look strong in that finish. I would rather do. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I. That I think a guy of his stature should be able to do that. Yeah, he's definitely earned the ability to say that in his career. At this like, point. I imagine most of the top people in AEW do have that. Mm-hmm. I imagine Pac has that. I imagine Jericho definitely has that. Yeah. I imagine Moxley has that. So, yeah. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem abnormal to me, and I think it shows a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. I think they've put a lot of trust in the hands of the wrestlers, and I think that goes a long way. Yeah, and he's definitely worth it to make that kind of deal with because he is a, a top of the world talent that you want to have. Oh on yeah, the shows. He is. He's main event. Mm-hmm. He's like main event, main event. Yeah, he came out and, looking like a main eventer, and he can talk English. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Who cares if he has an accent? <laughs> I know WWE gets hung up on that. They even got hung up on, on Becky Lynch's accent. I don't care about accents. I know. So. Yeah, I know Sean Rossap had been saying that uh, he did a an interview with him. I think it was about a year ago, and he said that his English was bad and they couldn't even put up the interview. So he said that he's come a long way, mm-hmm. and apparently well, that was not acknowledged. Yeah. <laughs> he's been uh, dating, or they're engaged now, Charlotte. So I'm sure he practices with her. Yeah, I mean, Hangs out he's Ric Flair. So <laughs> he's engaged to someone who only speaks English. Well, I mean, she might be, she might speak Spanish as well, but mm-hmm. that's a that's something. Yeah. Okay, so. even Charlotte tweeted about him coming in last night too. She tweeted a bunch of hearts and crying emojis, so it's always nice to see. Yeah, so she's happy for her for her fiance, and mm-hmm. I think everybody else is as well. Um, yeah. Who do you think Andrade should face down the road and? First major feud. What are you uh, thinking? Down the road, I want to see him fight uh, Hangman. Like, not right now, because yes. neither one of them can afford to lose right now. But down the exactly. road, that that match would be phenomenal. I think his first major feud, I don't know. I know who you're going to say, because I don't, I don't want to take your thunder, because yours is really good. So I'm trying to think. His first major feud, because I don't know if they're going to make him face or heel. He's I've got two. He's coming out with Vicky. But we'll talk about it later because Vicky's obviously healed. But what happens later on in the show is kind of a face thing. So I don't know what they're doing with uh, Vicky either. Let me see who. Let's 
let's say I don't uh, Brian Cage <laughs> for his first feud, and then obviously like Hangman and all those guys down the road. Yes. So yeah. So I have because um, as you said, you you don't really want to. Lots of people are saying Pac, and I think that's an absolute dream match. Him versus Pac is incredible. However, oh God, that's match of the do you really right want to see either of those guys lose no. their next big no, feud? No. I don't. You got to build them up a little bit. I don't want that. Um, you got to let them let them beat some like nice, like established mid card guys, and not just like one week on Dynamite they face a guy. I'm talking like if they run a feud. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a long one where they go over a guy who's a bit lesser than them. That's fine. Um, I think him versus Christian would work. That'd be good. I think um, him versus Cody would be very good. Yeah. However, he has to go over, especially with Cody's nationalistic um, stuff go- going on right now. And it is dangerous because do you really want to continue down this road? With Cody, yeah. with, with the raw raw America versus the Mexican guy, yeah, I don't know gonna, if you want to. That's not going to look good. But but if he if Andrade went over him, and if Andrade maybe showed just like wasn't trying to go raw raw, but was like just like no, I don't respect you. I think you're a joke. I don't think you're the face you think you are. Mm-hmm. And he just walked all over Cody and beat him. That would be incredible. And then maybe Cody's the heel there, and Andrade's the face, mm-hmm. like the super confident face. He's like, no, you're not who you say you are. I think that would be incredible, and that would be a huge scalp for Andrade right off the bat. Yeah. And that would make him immediately. Yeah, that that's who I wanted him to face first after I, you, we talked about it last night, but I don't want to mm-hmm. take your, it but, was your, all your ideas, so I don't want to take that. But they have to do it well. It's very mm-hmm. dangerous for them right now to go down that route. And another one that I would like, once he's out of what he's currently in, Darby. I think Darby can afford a loss. Oh, yeah. That and match I think, would be great. And I think Darby versus Andrade is one that people aren't necessarily talking about mm-hmm. on their lists of places to go down. Darby's been very strong lately, and Darby losing to Andrade would not hurt him. No, Darby's the... He's the type of guy that does not get hurt by loss. Similar to Orange Cassidy. He doesn't get hurt by losses. You could have Cassidy face him and lose. And there would be no problem there. And it would probably be kind of funny because Andrade looks so smooth and so serious. Yeah. <laughs> that he looks like the type of guy who Cassidy would do his whole bit and Andrade just wouldn't care. Yeah. Like, like where Pat just... gets angry, Kenny mm-hmm. gets angry or and laughs at him. Like Andrade just, he'd be like, I don't take you seriously. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> and they just knocks him out or something. <laughs> like the, those are the double. four. Those are the four guys for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those are great choices. Um. Yeah. So uh, from this point on, the show kind of went downhill. Yeah, so, and that's after, unfortunate. After Andrade, like that's like the highest of highs. It it started getting late, and the show just kind of dragged on. Although this this next match had one of the funniest unintentional spots ever. Yeah, oh my but. god i i did a i did a literal spit take yeah <laughs> when it happened i lost it um yeah this match was pretty good this was cody and lee johnson versus qt and a go-go but it's just it was pretty good and as we will see like 
every match except for one, and even every segment except for one, again, a repeat mm-hmm. of the of the feud at Double or Nothing. And I'm guessing that these, these are all going to change fairly soon. I think it's largely to do with being preempted on Fridays. Yeah, that makes sense. Just, they don't want to do the big the big news stories, not in front of fans and with the largest audience. I think that's the likely reason. But yeah, this, this match didn't really seem necessary. It, fun, it functioned as a way to get the heat back on the factory. Yeah, you should just have them win on Sunday, but here we are. Yeah. I thought it was a well-worked match, but it, it didn't really do much to grip me. Mm-hmm. I, um, there was a couple big submission and pin breakups, which is sort of what we were talking about. <laughs> the first one was a go-go broke up a figure four of Cody's by doing a big frog splash where he came in from why these were so cool was they came in from off camera and flew yeah. in out of nowhere. Um, and a go-go did a frog splash where he landed squarely on Cody's face, which was kind of funny. Um, bloodied his nose up a little bit. And then there was one where QT Marshall had uh, had Cody pinned, and Lee Johnson fell fell into frame <laughs> like he f- fell out of the raft, like he was Kermit the Frog falling yeah. out of the rafters, <laughs> like it was not intentional. He was not trying to break up the pin, yeah. like he fell like shoulder first, like he just looked like someone fell out of a plane and landed on Cody and landed on QT Marshall, mm-hmm. and it was I spit my water across yeah, the room. It was so fucking funny. He just felt... Because, <laughs> like, you don't expect it. You just see a body fall on QT Marshall. It's hilarious. It's like... Yeah, it didn't look like a pin breakup. It looked like yeah. someone fell out of a plane <laughs> and just landed yeah, on it. Them. was like a comedy. Like, it, it, he was a dead... Yeah. He was a dead body. <laughs> it was like someone just dropped, like, a cadaver on, <laughs> uh, on them. And then the end of the match... Saw Cody Rhodes going for the crossroads. He gets distracted by um, Aaron Solo. A go-go comes in, hits him with the knockout punch right in the face, knocks him clean out. QT rolls up on top of him, and he celebrates afterwards on the mic as if he did all the work himself. And yeah. I actually think that they that they, they do, it looks like they still intend to put a go-go over by the end of this feud. And it'll either be over at the expense of Cody or it'll be over at the expense of QT. Yeah. And I think that's the likely scenario. I think they're going for a go-go's going to um, go after QT for trying to take all the credit because now he's sort of turning into a Cody and he's trying to take all the credit for the hard work that everyone else does for him. I can see that. Yeah. It would make more of an impact if he went over Cody and I don't know why they don't see that. Him going over QT, it's sort of like a yeah, no shit. But maybe he should, right before he faces Cody, the final time he knocks out QT, like I'm doing this on my own or something. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's like there's at least a silver lining there. The Agogo is going to be the one to be put over here. Whether or not it'll be as effective as it could be remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Again, I just really, I don't think anybody really felt anything for this match. Um, the ending was cool though. Yeah, yeah, and that fall from uh, the heavens spot was awesome. They need to try to work that into all his matches. From now on. <laughs> it was so funny. I shit myself. It was great. 
Um, okay, so the next we had an inner circle promo. Uh, surprise, surprise, another continuation. Um, <laughs> we have the inner circle. They come out. They all what basically they the take turn. Yes, the this whole episode was a victory lap. Yeah, because I think last <laughs> week we had said uh, they're gonna call it like the war table. Or we because they always have these crazy names for their segments. Yeah, he's got a he's got a Jericho has a thesaurus. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they all take turns talking about how like the stadium stampede wasn't the end because they need that they want to actually kill them or whatever. I don't know why. Like it just seems they're kind of they're they've built this feud or they they've booked these matches backwards is essentially what's happening. Yeah, this have, is like um I saw someone say that on Twitter too. They said they're booking this in reverse. But yeah. it's it's been a good job. Like I haven't gotten bored with it or anything. So no. it's been good, but it's just weird. Like it's in reverse like you're saying. Yeah, like they they didn't build up with all the individual matches first, and they didn't go to Stadium Stampede, and then they didn't go to Blood and Guts. That should have been the logical way mm-hmm. to do this, but they're going backwards. I don't really understand why. It just it makes it a little more underwhelming. But yeah, um, I'm hoping that this will all build to a Chris Jericho versus MJF feud or MJF match. We know that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen at All Out. I hope we don't have to go all the way to All Out to get there. I don't think so because I know Fozzie Jericho's band's going on tour at, like pretty extensively starting in July. So I'm thinking most of these feuds are probably ending at Fighter Fest. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is. That is what I'm thinking or on dynamite and main events along the way. But, um, but one of the matches that was announced was Hager says that he is going to be, that he's challenged Wardlow in two weeks to a MMA cage fight. Then that actually intrigues me. Yeah. The fact that they said MMA cage fight is pretty nuts. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That sort of reminds me of when Riddle and, Oh, what's his name? The guy with no teeth. Thatcher. In the mustache. Thatcher, yes. Yeah. When they had that match in NXT, that was that like... It was the Lions pit. Den match. Yeah, essentially an MMA fight, mm-hmm. um, but without rounds. Yeah, um, it's like a work shoot style match in a cage. So that'll be a lot of yeah, fun. Hopefully Wardlow yeah. goes over. But Yeah, I think it would be really cool. And I think fourth... Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because he said he's never... Of, Hager was saying, I've never lost... When a yeah, MMA they, match, so that's why I'm probably putting MMA on there. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> he probably can't legally lose that fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he probably it'll be fine, but yeah, it probably puts him over. Unless they do like a double, like they both fall out of the like, I don't know. But maybe we'll Wardlow see. should definitely go over. And they obviously hinted toward the proud and powerful versus FTR match mm-hmm. which will be really cool i That's think that I um ideally at the end of this they all have their singles matches i almost think that sammy doesn't have to have one with uh with sean spears after the way stadium stampede ended but mm-hmm. they're probably going to anyways um, a chair match or something yeah it, it's a decent way to pad the shows until they go back on the road mm-hmm. for sure or at least or at least until that that big Saturday show mm-hmm. where they've moved the Jungle Boy match to now because that's going to be live. Um, yeah, the next two weeks are taped, right? 
Yeah, the next two weeks are taped, which is why they moved the Jungle Boy match because they want to have it in front of fans. Um, and it will probably not be a 10 o'clock show. You never know, of course. But uh, uh, yes. I'm too, yeah, I'm too I, much of an old man to be staying up to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suspect that uh, Proud and Powerful will beat FTR and then they will eventually challenge for the titles. And they should be the ones that take the titles off the books. Yes, 1000%. They they deserve it at this mm-hmm. point and I think I think everyone knows that and I think the emphasis that they've been putting on Santana's speaking, his promos mm-hmm. indicate that. I think they realize that he is a star on the mic. Mm-hmm. And uh Ortiz is his fantastic little heater. Yeah. His crazy friend. Okay, then we had, they did a cool thing. The one thing I will give them credit in this episode, when they were doing their recaps of the big matches from Double or Nothing, it wasn't like the commentators um, recapping it over top of the highlights. They had the wrestlers talking shit over Mm -hmm. top of the highlights. So this one saw, it was a highlight of the, of the world title match, but it had best friends talking shit to Kenny mm-hmm. being like, why the hell are we doing this? Why do we have to talk about how Kenny Omega um, cheated to beat the comedy wrestler? Um, he cheated. In fact, the comedy wrestler got two near falls on him and had to cheat both times to get out of it. Um, like we thought you were the best in the world, but, but here you are. Um, resorting to belt shots and hitting the ref and this and that he's like and they're like oh surprise surprise the bad guy cheated to win Mm -hmm. and then orange cassie says this is far from over i'm uh we are going to continue this again like okay great we're going to continue this feud but i really liked how they did that i thought that was creative how they used it as a promo um i thought that was uh they need they need to do more of that because I I find those can be kind of dry when you take up part of your show with three or four different videos of stuff that we just watched two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it cut to Kenny and Don and Michael Nakazawa in an editing booth editing the same footage, and Marvez <laughs> comes in there and. Don Callis says, uh, he's like, oh, that video that you watched, that's the conspiracy video. That's the dark side of AEW. Um, he said, we're working from the raw footage to give you the real version of what happened. And I thought, this is really funny. Mm-hmm. This is good. And then Kenny <laughs> hops on the mic and he's wearing the salmon colored suit. Um, that is on purpose. Mm-hmm. Not for any reason other than it's just a reference yeah. to to mark henry um and he says we're working on a masterpiece you're gonna see it i and he says the best line of the night he says we're working with michael kurosawa to put this together <laughs> and i the movie fan in me just lost it at that line it's like that is very clever and some people might think it was just a weird botch by Kenny, but no, that is a reference to Kurosawa, one of the greatest directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was very funny. I liked that a lot. And then he talks about how Jungle Boy 
isn't Jungle Man. He says he's not going to beat him. Uh, like, who who in that battle royal was even ranked in the top five? Nobody. Um, he said, but he said uh, the fans like him and his ring music is cute. Yeah, and he starts singing it. And then, <laughs> so that was cool. I like that. Um, how do you see this Casty feud playing out? And when do you think we get a resolution? Maybe Fighter Fest is the blow off for them. Because Fighter Fest is in it, July, right? You normally, yeah, it, yeah, it's got to be. Um, yeah, because I don't know, I don't know what else they could do. Because the triple threat was pretty amazing, so like you don't want to go back to that well too many times, and it just starts to what do they say diminishing returns. Which I think both of them can still have an excellent match with each other, but. Mm-hmm. It's just I love Orange Cassidy. It's just some you can't use him too much like that because it it can get old his gimmick. Yeah, this is where this is where my thought on where Pac is going changed a little bit. I was like, oh, it looks like Pac is going to face Kenny. But it's like, do you really want to do Pac versus Kenny and then Orange Cassidy versus Kenny? So I was thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be Pac versus Kingston and Orange versus Kenny, and then they just he'll just move on. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. Um, and it's probably just going to be a main event on a... Just a on random a tele- On a television show. Yeah. Um, but Kenny's got, like, four guys lined up yeah. before he even gets to Andrade. And he's going to be getting to Andrade in AAA. Yeah. And you know that they have to be promoting that on TV because he's signed to as i say AEW both of them now. both of them are there now so they'll definitely be talking about it which is they cool. have to yeah it's not like um impact where they didn't have to like yeah. we don't have to do anything with you if we don't want to mm-hmm. why would we why would we spend our very limited time talking about someone else i think they should have yeah but that's I, we've talked about it didn't. before too i think tnt might have had a pool in that because at least kitty comes out with all the belts now yeah, because they could do like a a series of matches between Andrade and Kenny, and, and I think that's likely a scenario that they'll do. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Andrade wins one. Like maybe Andrade wins the AAA belt back, and then he's like, now I want the AEW championship belt, but he loses that one. Yeah, because, yeah. oh man, whenever they have their match, that match is going to be something else. Like I can't even imagine how good that match is going to be. Yeah, the one thing for me now is that anytime I watch a match without fans, no matter how good it is, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I don't know if AAA is going to have fans back this year or not. I don't know. I don't know what that's the, the thing. That's coronavirus what situations in Mexico in Mexico's like. That's when I'm like, oh no, it kind of makes me a little nervous for that but, one. But normally AAA is uh, tri- Triple Mania is uh, one of the best shows of the year. It's like the craziest shit you'll ever see. Like. Oh yes, a couple of years ago, some dude got hit in the head with a hammer. Like it's just insane. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bonkers. Yeah, I remember I watched that. Uh, I can't remember her name. Apache. Mm-hmm. Um, her match was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It's usually one of the better shows of the year. So that's that's exciting. Whenever it, it's actually, I don't remember what month it's happening in, but I think it's summer. Yeah, it could be spring, probably July. I can look um, it up right now. I have a phone with the internet on it. Yes, we we do. We <laughs> own those. We, um, yeah, so while you do that, I will start talking about this next match. And this was Jungle Boy and Christian versus Private Party. And this match was good. 
but I strangely felt detached from it. And I think that may just be that I really don't have any interest in anything Matt Hardy has an involvement with. Just the HFO just really doesn't do anything for me. I mm -hmm. find them very dry and I don't want to say aimless, but they're just, they're kind of boring. I don't know, like nothing, especially Butcher and Blade attached to them. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and Blade, or Butcher's out hurt with his surgery. It's uh, in August, Triple Mania, by the way. Okay. But yeah, this... All right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I wish they would go more into the big money, Matt, because when he was in Ring of Honor and he was trying to buy Ring of Honor, like that was so cool. I wish they just act like he had that much money to try to buy an AEW. Like, I think that'd be fine. Just like have him be super rich. Yeah. Yeah. Something about, <laughs> just every feud he attaches to, it becomes a, like a down part. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy because I love that show. In like, yeah. It's, it's just, cool he's not doing the uh, broken thing because I thought that's all he's going to do. I'm glad he can still come up with new ideas, but they got to have him spend his money a little more. Like, I don't know. Make. Have Andrade come to his group? I don't, not not really, but it's something something crazy like that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's odd. Um, that with the yeah, speaking it, of Tommy Hint like, when we were earlier, him getting released. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that they want him to come in and team with Butcher and the Blade. So that would be cool. That that would be cool. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the Butcher and the Blade thing, they did make it seem like they're just mercenaries. They'll go with mm -hmm. whoever is paying them. So they don't have allegiances. I just don't really like seeing people flip from stable to stable too often. Yeah, it's got to mean something. Granted, they got to get away from the Matt Hardy thing. It doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. uh, it doesn't fit. Um, the match itself, it was worked very well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do like the story between Christian and Jungle Boy as the mentor, um, mentoring him into the main event scene. Yeah. Just the match, I don't know. I just find HFO exceedingly bland. Um, yeah. That being said, I thought I thought the hot tag of the worn-out Christian to Jungle Boy was really well done. Um, then he was able to lock in the snare trap after the crafty old Christian uh, was able to break up gin and juice with a spear, mm -hmm. which I like as a callback to Edge. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, Christian, however, after the match, was hit with... Uh, with a twit, with a twist of fate from Matt Hardy, and I'm just like, oh, I don't want this feud. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, want this. It's not 2001 anymore. We don't really need it as much as um, I like both guys, but I want to see Christian work and, and Matt work with a bunch of guys I've never seen him work with before. At the very least, do it in front of fans because you'll get that nostalgia pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they don't um, try to like talk him into doing a ladder match or something. I don't want to see either one of these guys getting hurt. <laughs> the only thing that I'm hoping for Matt Hardy down the road is it looks like it's a shoe in that Jeff Hardy is eventually going to end up in AEW. Yeah. He, talk, he talks up AEW oh, all the time. Yeah. And he's had some been on raw. He's just been on their main event show and yeah, they've been treating him like shit. Like him and uh, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali have been having hell of matches, but they're on main event. So it's like, Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, like with, with Jeff Hardy talking up AEW, and saying how great they've treated Matt and all that stuff and how they give people creative freedom. I'm sure Vince has seen that and is like, I'm not using you. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to write out your contract. Yeah. You're, you can, you can be on main event and then he's likely going to come over and then we may just see the Hardy boys come back. And that's something I w could see. He would only be in tag matches. Matt, Jeff Hardy can still go. Mm -hmm. 
Um, he can do the big spots that Matt Hardy shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And see. those characters I buy as just like the old Hardy boys. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like against all the people they inspired. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Like that's versus... where his wheelhouse is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I want that to For happen. For me. That's all that needs to happen. And think of like the Hardy boys versus the private party, the guys who are directly influenced by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like doing their poses and everything, doing their moves. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. There was uh, this match, the private party holding Christian and making him do the old five second poses. That was funny. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I'll give them that. Yeah. I'll give them that. And I don't know, maybe it's something about their look. It's supposed to be like a club look, but it kind of just looks like a. Looks like they work at an Apple store or something. Like a. Like slightly fan, like an expensive Apple store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, a more expensive Apple store, like just with higher collars and shit. They That's need weird. to be wearing like bright party shirts and stuff to make it make yeah. more sense. Keep yeah. the slacks, but just like a bright party shirt. Okay, so then we had this was a Taz highlight promo segment, and this is another one of those things that I talked about, like with uh, the best friends where they did this, where Taz is just talking shit to Hangman over mm-hmm. the highlight video. And he's saying, yeah, you got one over on Cage, but we know that Cage has previously got one over on you. So who you fooling here, buddy? Um, he says that... Uh, says that, And then it cuts to him with his crew. He says, next week, it'll be... Uh, it'll be Hangman and one of a Dark Order member of his choosing. It turns out that's 10 against Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. The most exciting and interesting part of this segment was, I don't know if you caught this, but Cage and Hook were death-glaring each other mm-hmm. the whole time yeah. and did not break eye contact. So clearly, this is a match that's yeah. soon down the road. It's going to be Hook's first match, probably. I cannot wait for this. So it's clear... there. A couple times they've been telling a story within a story. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, we're continuing the feud from Double or Nothing. But not quite. We're hinting toward. Yeah, they're hinting. Because Ricky Starks left in the, the middle of the, the promo. Mm-hmm. He basically flipped yeah. off uh, Cage and walked. He didn't flip him off, but you could tell he walked Yeah, he did a little like hand gesture to yeah, him and, and walked away. Walked off. And then I like Hobbs because Hobbs, you know, he just. Stared at the camera, mean mugging. Didn't even notice that Hook and uh, Cage were staring holes through each other. He's just on, doing the promo thing. I like. Yeah, it. Taz didn't see it, which was cool. Yeah, I like it. It uh, it still gives me like Ninja Turtle villains vibes, and I like that. Of That's that probably group. why I like Team Taz so much because I love the Ninja Turtles. And <laughs> they, <laughs> they're like Bebop and Rocksteady staring yeah. at each other mm-hmm. and having little petty beefs. Yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, then we had uh, Sting and Darby and K. This is another example of a feud that, ah, shit, I don't want them to con- continue this. Oh, but this is a cool little yeah, it's a nice thing you did at it, the end. But um, Yeah, so Sting and Darby, they come out, they're in the ring, they're talking to uh, Tony, and Sting talks about how the match at Double or Nothing was one of the greatest matches, one of his favorite matches of his career, he owes so much to the fans. They're giving him a you still got it chant, and it's one of the louder moments of the night. Mm-hmm. Very deserved. And But before Darby can get a word in, as 
we expect from their segments at this point, Sky and Paige appear on the video above the fans, which I kind of like that. Yeah, that's cool. Just like a zoonk, yeah. And they're above them. I was like, oh, this layout is kind of it's kind of neat. Um, Look like the old they, um, 1984 Apple commercial with that big screen of that guy talking. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we have uh, this guy. He's kind. Of, he's putting over Sting. He's like, "You did well. You, uh, you're a ring general. You really showed us that you are similar to Cage." Said in the past, he's like, "You're the Sting of old. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to give you credit where it's deserved. You even pulled Darby over the finish line." Um, but then they they say so. Um, so we're going to challenge you, Darby, once again. But this time, you can pick anybody but Sting. And I'm like, I'm like oh, okay, this is, it's a continuation of the feud, but it has it's, there's intrigue now as to who Darby's partner will be. Um, who do you think, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, I'm going to say Lance Archer is my That's main the suspect. most likely. Yeah, but That's I don't... the most likely person. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Unless Alistair um, Black has a no compete clause, already, like he didn't have that at all, and he can already come in, and it's Tommy End, but <laughs> not likely. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's way outside the box, Andrade. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Andrade versus Ethan Page would be well a hell of a match. Here's the thing. Here's my absolute fantasy booking. He comes in, he helps him beat those guys, and then he turns attention to Darby. He's like, now you and me. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. And then that's his first feud, and he beats Darby. That'd be dope. be dope. Um, yeah, or somebody else, but probably not. It's probably Lance Archer, because he's yeah. finished with Miro, it seems like now. So, And Lance Archer already had the Sting connection mm-hmm. and all that. Like, it's, it's already ingrained in their storyline already. Lance Archer's already chased off um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I don't know who gets the win there. Prob- probably the faces. It should be the heels just to keep it going, but or just to give them a win. But mm-hmm. that keep but the feud going, and I don't know if the feud needs to keep going. <laughs> but it, it's to the point where it's like, okay, so no matter what, you got to give um, two of these two of these guys a uh, two two big losses in a row. That's true because if Archer comes in, then that's and, two big losses. Like normally we we won't talk about burials, but Archer, you could argue that they've ruined him right now, and yeah. that he it, that, that loss would bury him. That's true. They need to go back like to a, remember when he threw those dudes through the ceiling. Yeah, there, but they need to go back like to that just, Archer. <laughs> he just needs to go on a run and do some feuds that aren't in the title picture. Mm-hmm. Because he's never of the status where he's going to beat the guy with the title. So he always, he's had three title shots and he's lost all of them and he's a monster. So it ends up making him look bad. Uh-huh. I had this discussion with somebody online this past week where had they, had they have him go on and do like a feud or two between his, between his Miro um, match and his previous title match like had he beaten a couple guys let's say he beat Scorpio Sky in a feud or he beat Ethan Page alone in a feud or had two of those and then he comes back so much stronger and loses to Miro it's fine 
mm-hmm. he's not damaged. But the only feuds he's had have been title match feuds, and yep. he loses them, and just repeatedly over and over and over in succession. And now he looks damaged. Yeah, You're like right. what do you do? Like he would be like, oh, he'd be a good guy to face Andrade, but Andrade's not losing, so he loses again. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, they need to build him back up for sure. Yeah, like keep him. Fu- like this is why uh, monsters often don't get put in title pictures. Mm-hmm. Why Andre the Giant never got put in a title picture. Yeah. Why yeah. Ming, like Haku, yeah. never got put in a title picture. He Ming was undefeated in WCW until he got fucking squashed by Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) I was so mad. I was just like, all right, finally, someone's going to, Ming's going to beat Goldberg, and Goldberg speared him. I was like, God, fuck. (laughs) God, Ming was so cool. Ming was the best. I loved Haku and Ming. That Ming gimmick was amazing. Mm -hmm. When he hit, remember towards the end, he had like a big afro. That was cool. Yeah, it was so cool. (laughs) And I didn't even know that he was actual, actually an elit, a legit badass who ripped off people's noses. Yeah. Like bars. He, he didn't want to fuck with him backstage, man. He, he will mess you up. <laughs> yeah, like there's lots of stories of him just damn near killing people. Yeah, like on the, on the didn't road. Jericho tell, tell one about the, on the Stone Cold podcast when they were in, uh, they were in some country and like people were he messing with He fought the security guards. <laughs> yeah, because he thought they were messing airport. with Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Ric Flair has talked about... I think it was Ric Flair who's talked about how he ripped off a guy's nose in a bar. Like, legit ripped off a guy's nose. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the next segment we had was Britt Baker's celebration. This was probably the segment oh, I was the most disappointed with. This was... Uh, this was not good. <laughs> I did not no. like this segment. <laughs> no, it was such a missed opportunity because it's her, it's her moment at, finally after winning the championship. And it, it's confusing now because it's like, are they trying to babyface her? I honestly can't tell. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it's like the whole, we'll get into it, but the whole cheeseburger thing, like I don't, I don't understand It's an inside it. joke and don't do inside jokes. Yeah, like because... It's it's she's literally a just I don't know what Big Macs have to do with that. Oh, I'm so confused. It's literally based off her Twitter and her Instagram. She tweets and Instagrams a lot about McDonald's. She just likes McDonald's mm-hmm. a lot. That's it. She just tweets a lot about eating it. Hmm. That's well, all it is. I mean, kudos to her if she eats McDonald's and can stay in as good a shape as she is. That's amazing. But <laughs> I know, but it's like don't make that the angle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't understand Stupid. it at all. I was like, I don't know. I don't get the cheese. I thought they were making a reference to when Donald Trump had the basketball team come in and their whole celebration dinner was McDonald's. That's what I thought they were making a joke to. <laughs> Probably a little bit of it. Yeah. I don't know. It, just, it, it was odd. So Britt Baker walked out. She got the huge pop. But again, it's a baby face pop. Mm-hmm. Um, she's met by a host of heels out in the ring. Um, essentially the undercard of heels. Um, mm-hmm. And Nyla Rose. And she's got her podium of burgers. Um, she's got Tony Schiavone's there. She's with Rebel. Uh, she thanks everyone for attending her celebration. She talks about how her whole thing about the three most important letters in wrestling are DMD, all that stuff. 
And this is pretty good. She's getting a good reaction. And then she kind of gets lost. She talks about how McDonald's has given her 1,500 free burger coupons as a gift to give to the fans. And she tells them all to look under their seat in a really dated reference to Oprah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she jokes that, oh, she's just like, oh, you know what? Yeah, there's nothing there because I have all the coupons. It's all for me. Uh I was just like, what the heck? Who cares about burgers? I don't get this. (laughs) And then she's like, Tony, Rebel, my two favorite people in the world. Let's uh, let's celebrate by each having a burger. And then they go to have the burgers, and Nyla knocks it, knocks it out of their hands, and then she throws all the other burgers like into the crowd. around the place, into the crowd. She starts popping all her balloons, and then she walks away, and then the segment is over. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, first of all, that was stupid. Yeah. Second of all, Nyla's not a babyface. She's a heel. Um, Britt Baker is not a babyface. She's a heel. Are you trying to make Britt Baker a face here? Are you trying to make Nyla a face here? Britt Baker has been so good because she's been a heel. Um, But maybe they're going to make her a snarky babyface. I'm not sure. But I have a feeling they're going to try to turn Nyla a uh, face. But that doesn't make any sense because they have a long roster of about 10 women, Mm -hmm. like fantastic baby faces that they can go to. We just went over that this past week on on the uh, Double or Nothing podcast where there's like a long laundry list of women and they're all baby faces. Mm -hmm. And we see another one later on the show in Red Velvet. She's ready just to do a short little feud with you. You don't have to immediately go to Nyla Rose. Who, how many friggin' uh, title matches has Nyla Rose already had? Yeah, that's true. We, d- we don't want what we've already seen. We want mm-hmm. something new. Um, yep. Clearly she's, I mean, you'd hope, but I think clearly she's not the all-in opponent. That's going to be clearly Thunder Rosa. Yeah. This Thunder, Thunder Rosa, Rosa has already cha- spoiled. The Thunder party. Rosa has already challenged her mm-hmm. already in promos on Dark and on Twitter. She said, "Oh, maybe I should trip to make make a trip to Jacksonville on for Friday." So it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. It should have been um, Thunder Rosa to break up the party or Chris Statlander, yeah. but well, that's another person. People are like, "This should be Statlander mm-hmm. in the in the first major feud, not." Nyla, and maybe it just won't be the first major feud. Maybe that might just be the first person she faces. Yeah. And then move on from there. But I just feel like the her first big moment as champion on TV should be about her first major feud, not about... Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers and an interim feud with somebody who's in the same alignment as you. It doesn't... Mm-hmm. It's weird. I don't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it. It was a disappointment. Yeah, I, th- I think I texted you right after that. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and uh, it was funny. That was the moment where I was just like, wait, do I not like this episode? Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> that's exactly me too. I was like, man, this episode seems like it's kind of dragging. I don't know if it's because it's, it's late and I'm tired. I've worked all week and all that. You know, it's like, and that's when I started thinking, I was like, man, they got to get back to Wednesday nights at a normal time for these shows. I know they can't because of basketball and stuff, but. 
Is that like I had the are we the baddies mm-hmm. <laughs> moment? I was like, wait, 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 because I didn't realize I wasn't necessarily enjoying the episode because I was so high on the Andrade stuff. Yeah, that I realized like I was like, wait, for the past 45 minutes, I've just been scrolling through Twitter, um, mm-hmm. reading people's reactions to Andrade instead of really paying attention to the show because it's boring. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a one hit show. Yeah, and they they hit you early, and then they just backed up. Yeah, you, they did the show. The first hour had all the good stuff, which is completely by design, I would say, because they know mm-hmm. it's going to be late and on a Friday to begin with. So they they've done that before. Mm-hmm. That's not abnormal. They did. They have uh, done that before. Yeah, they did um, that um, when uh, President Biden was going to make a speech. The first hour was like packed full of everything, and then. The second second hour. hour is nothing. yeah, <laughs> and then last week's episode was basically a house show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that so, one had the adage of uh, first time fans being back, so that had yeah. a lot of cool stuff going on. So but, I'm not looking, yeah, this week was I'm just re- I don't know well, a weaker episode altogether. I'm not really looking forward to next week's episode as or even the next two mm-hmm. because they're both going to be taped. That yeah, big me. Saturday show looks like it's going to be a big one. That's um, going to be I've good. Heard I've heard that they are looking to make it um, like sort of like a test run or similar to the big quarterly Saturday shows they're going to be running on TNT. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually super looking forward to that one, and they're headlining it with Kenny versus Jungle Boy. So that'll be cool. Um, mm-hmm. But if it, you can tell, like normally when they've adjusted their plans and be like, oh, you know what, let's move this over there. They just slot something as filler mm-hmm. in its place, and the stories have kind of suffered. And I think that might be what we're sort of seeing right now. Yeah. Is it? Are they taping this one in front of fans too, or is it going to be like the old setup with the um, next two weeks? Are not. I don't know how they're going to set it up. It's mm-hmm. going to be weird going back to the old setup. Maybe they'll. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait to see next Friday. Yep. I mean, it'll be. Their recorded episodes have been good. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to give them the benefit of the doubt there, but they won't have the live fans. So yeah. I don't know. Or maybe they'll just put wrestlers up there. <laughs> That's Yeah. They, sh- they should, because they should get people used to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the next segment we had was Bunny versus Red Velvet. And everybody is talking about this match for one reason, which Velvet is too bad because the match was actually quite good. But uh, Red Velvet damn near died in this match. Yeah, that, that she, she, was rough. She took one of the most horrific dive bumps I've seen in my life. She dived, and then I guess she sort of overshot um, yeah. the bunny a bit and came down directly on her forehead. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. And, and rolled forward and just kind of like bent her neck back. But I guess just being a dancer... Um, and yeah, having, she kept wrestling, so she's fine. But she popped just... right up. <laughs> but it it gave me heavy, heavy Ricky Starks flashbacks. Yeah, it being like Ricky Starks was like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. Yoga, woo!" And then like week two weeks, later. two weeks <laughs> later, I broke my fucking neck. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, this was a great match, though. Honestly, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun watching. It, it was good, but um. When shit like this happens, you get a little distracted. I was yeah. still, 
at this point i was too far gone i was like ah, well, i was on twitter i was thinking about other things but yeah, I, I think i started playing it. with my dog and stuff because vicky guerrero woke him up so he's ready to play and all that stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like i was watching this and it was good but with the horrific bump the rest of the match was kind of a blur um i do have to give credit to red velvet because she didn't miss a beat after that mm-hmm. she got back up and like more experienced people have completely fallen apart from much from much less in a match like remember when miro first debuted and he hurt his hurt his ankle at one point and then that match just felt yeah i remember that it was a tag match right and that's happened a few times like um just from botches not even like bad things like i know ray phoenix has fallen one time and it completely threw off the whole match Mm -hmm. but these ladies went out there and killed it still Bunny looked really good. Um, Red Velvet still looked really good. This is the best Bunny has looked yeah. in AEW for I was me. I would say that this is probably your best match in AEW. Their ring work was really stiff. They were, re- they were like really laying their shit in. Their head kicks were snug. <laughs> like I was like, damn, you just landed on your face and you're taking these kicks. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Um, uh, Red Velvet. Um, this match was made because on Dark Elevation, um, Big Swole got hit uh, with a with brass knuckles from the bunny in her match. And Big Swole, Red Velvet, and Kylan King looked to have sort of low-key formed a mm-hmm. stable. They gave themselves a name on Twitter. Um, I have it at the bottom here. They sneakily did the RSK. Yeah. Um, I guess Risk. I don't know. But yeah. um, Red Swole King. Yeah. It'd okay. I guess. Yeah. Sure. But could, you can call themselves Risk. That's cool. Yeah, I think it probably is Risk. <laughs> that's probably what they'll call themselves. But that's why. And they were dressed like Powerpuff Girls. So that was fun. Yeah. That was um, cool. But yeah, so it looks like low-key we have our first female faction. Um, yeah, so that that's why this match happened. Uh, but Velvet avoided another uh, shot from the brass knuckles to hit her just desserts, which is a another big kick to the face, which looks stiff as hell. Yeah, it's cool. Like she looked like um, she took her head off. Like, good match. Like, you could even call it a great match. But mm-hmm. just... I don't think anyone's head was in it after we almost saw Red Velvet lose her life. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it, like, I've seen her do that dive in, like, spectacular fashion at least 10 times. Mm-hmm. Like, she is one of the, has one of the best topes in the company. So it's not like, I saw one person was like, wh- online, was like, oh, why, like, if you can't do the move, the moves properly, don't try and do them. It was like, hold on yeah <laughs> like she's got one of those topes in the business slow your fucking roll so i'm not here for that she's very good at what she does then we have this was a this was a funny segment but it's kind of weird um it was we're in the back we're in the keep which is the the bar of the red of the red velvet of the of the dark order and it is um we haven't seen him in so long, Johnny Hungy. Mm-hmm. He has he has gotten he it's his birthday and he's been gifted a TNT title shot 
against Miro, but he's hurt. So he gives it to Uno, and Uno says, hey, you know what? I don't know if I got what it takes, but I'm going to try. Yeah. This will be fun. Um, and that's kind of silly, mm-hmm. because uh, Tony Khan knows. And this isn't entirely my point. Sean Ross Sapp said this as well, so credit to him as well. But it bears repeating that Tony Khan knows that John Silver is hurt. So why did he give him? Why did he gift him a title match when he knows that he's hurt mm-hmm. to then give to Evil Uno? It doesn't make it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. It doesn't make sense. And Sean Ross, that was very correct in calling that out, and I noticed that as well. As like, this is this is dumb. It's just a way to give. Um, it's a nice. Well, it's a nice thing. They're giving all the title shots to the Dark Order members because it's very associated with Brody Lee. So yeah. That's I, nice, but it's like I think even I Miro mentions that in his promo next. He does. Yeah. Which I actually did like this. Yeah, me too. So Miro cuts a promo and he essentially says, Don't step to Miro with a gift. Don't step to me if you're not going to bring your best. Uh he's like, come at me if you have a belief that you can beat me or don't come at all because mm-hmm. I'm going to end your life. Yeah, he, he mentioned Lana too. He said, oh, I want to yeah, give thanks to my hot wife. <laughs> yeah, he's like he said. He said I want to give thanks to God for making me a beast, and also for my hot wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. Then we had the main event, and this was another match where I was watching it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't think." Like, this is one where I was like, I don't think that Nick Camarota was ready for this one. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely this, should not have should... been the main event, but. No. I this see should why have been they did middle it. middle of the show. Yeah. This should have been middle of the show. I was like, oh, no. I was really looking forward to it. And I had never seen a bull rope match. Um, I was watching. I was like, oh, so this is just a sloppier um, dog collar match. Pretty much. And yeah. I wasn't a fan. Um, yeah, Nick Camarado, he got busted open in it. There were some good spots. There were some good spots. Um, the powerbomb through the table was cool. The powerbomb through the table looked nasty because mm-hmm. he did it at an angle you don't normally see it. Yeah, from. he did it through the table long ways instead of like through the middle of it. I was like, "Ooh, that looks dangerous." Yeah, you gotta um, watch out for those legs when you do that. Exactly. That was my thought. Exactly. Um, and I don't know. It just looked nastier from that angle. So mm-hmm. kudos to them for doing that. Dustin looked amazing. If we forget how old he is. Yeah. He is. I like both these guys a lot. It just definitely shouldn't have been the main event, but they didn't want to put the bucks at the end of the show on a Friday night. So I see why they did it. Yeah. it's just, it, it was, it was unfortunate. In my opinion, it kind of exposed Camarado a bit. I thought that he was kind of standing around a little bit too yeah. much in the match. Yeah, and he especially kept... in commercial break. <clears throat> yeah, and he'd get um, noticeably tangled up in the bull rope a lot, which he's that's... still pretty green. So, and a bull rope is probably a weird thing to work with. But I kept that's one thing I kept noticing is like he is getting tangled up so much in with this damn rope. Yeah, it was. That's where I say like. 
sloppier dog collar match. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the dog collar match looked cool and it was clean and it was well done, even though I'm sure those guys had both never been in one before. Yeah. But this it was like there are like different like pieces and strands hanging off of this. Mm-hmm. Like the actual cowbell has its own like piece that's dangling off and it was getting caught yeah. in them and I don't know. Was it just it seems slow and plodding, and it was yeah. kind of, it was honestly, it was boring. I was hoping it'd be like the bunkhouse match that he had with the Butcher mm. and Blade a couple months ago, but it wasn't as fun as that match was. I do think they're, they're probably leading to one of those between the Factory and uh, mm-hmm. and the Nightmare Family, and that, I would actually be, be up for that match. That'd be yeah. cool. Don't make it a main event. They probably will. They will because it's Cody, but <laughs> but I mean, if with four on four or wherever, that'd be a lot more fun. You could hide mm-hmm. a lot of the negatives and have people just doing crazy stuff. But yeah, this just I was watching. I was like, I don't know if it's just because I'm tired now because it's uh, almost eleven my time, and I'm not really a night owl. So it's like this is way even for a Friday night. I'm like, this is late for me. So I don't know. Yeah, the crowd didn't seem into it mm-hmm. until it's... yeah, Dustin. Tried as tried as hard as he could to get him into it, but it just yeah, it's too bad. He's 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 successfully delivered on um what looked like underwhelming main events before, and then mm-hmm. he has the match, and you're like, shit, Dustin. He still looked good, but like he's trying to pull a very green athlete yeah. over the line. I wish they would have done the wooden chair spot with the head again. Yeah, like, that that's was, what that'd be match, cool. That's what this match needed, something like that, or. Like he hits him in the head with the cowbell and he no sells it or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just it was an unfortunate dud. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad by any stretch, but it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's like I've never seen a bad AW show, and this again wasn't bad. I was entertained. Like I didn't know that I, it wasn't a show I was thrilled about until three quarters of the way through, and I was just like, wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not paying attention. That was more so it than the quality. It's just like I, I, I'm drifting off here. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just getting tired, but yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about next week. So we're looking at this, and it's a little bit of continuation. So again, eh, but you can see the potential for story elements as I've talked about um, splintering off. So we have Hangman and Dark Orders Ten versus Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. I think we're clearly, I say this every time, but I think we're clearly going to see some storyline development between Cage against Team Taz in this one. Um, uh, Yeah, uh, we're probably going to see some Dark Order involvement as well. Um, Yeah, because it says with the Dark Order and with Team Taz, Mm -hmm. so they're all going to be at ringside. So we're going to we're going to see some shenanigans. It then says negative have... one's going to be out there too, so maybe he does a a splash onto everyone stacked up. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Stack them and pin them? Yeah. No, like, you know, when they do the scrums and there's like a big oh, pile yeah, of people yeah, and yeah. so he jumps off the top turnbuckle. Yes, she, yes, yes. I don't know if his mom would want him to do that, but <laughs> that'd be funny to see a little kid jump off like that. Yes, and then we have a trios match between the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus Puck, Penta, and Eddie. That actually looks really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's good. Uh, <laughs> it should be. It should be. All six of these guys are, are good, so yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I imagine Brandon Cutler is definitely taking the pin. 
in oh. this match. <laughs> Most the Bucks certainly. might not even get in the match at all. Like I'll I'll give you the finish. Shuriken to his broken face. Yeah. Yeah. Which he can't take that, but mm-hmm. still, get your hands up. Yeah, I can see then, the Bucks not even coming into the match. It's just Brandon Color getting his ass kicked for 10 minutes. <laughs> then we have TNT Championship match between Miro and Evil Uno. I've said what I said about it. Um, the one thing with Evil Uno is I do love him. Yeah, he's really good. So I'm a big fan of his. I think he's super endearing. He's a seems like a great person. Um, the fans really love him. It's too bad it won't be in front of fans, mm-hmm. but Miro's going to kill him. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. If there was ever a uh, time to do it, Miro's going to kill you. Uh, mm-hmm. Chant, this is it. Imagine in whatever Dark Order members are out there are going to get beat up too. Oh, totally. And then we have, oh wait, no, this is in two weeks. Two weeks. We have Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy. That's going to be on Saturday. They're saying eight o'clock, so yeah, that won't be a late show. So that's nice. Good, good, good. I can. I'm an old man. I like my sleep. So. Next, next week is ten o'clock. That's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. So yeah. So um, but I have to say, based off of this week and next week and the week after, so two weeks should be a very good show. But mm-hmm. oh, not wait, sure. Next week's will be fun. Just wait. Gotta... Is is the 26, is that in two weeks, or is that... Let me see. It might be three weeks. I think it might be three weeks. It's the... Where's my calendar? It's the last Saturday yeah, of the month. Yeah, it's three weeks away from today. We're recording on Saturday, so three yeah. weeks from... So that show and then going live on the road can't mm-hmm. come soon enough for yep. me. Yeah. I'm just really not... I mean, I'm always looking forward to AEW, but I'm really not looking forward to these next two shows. Yeah, I just I need just... them back on Wednesday because that's like gets me through my week. Wednesday is also new comic book day. I read a lot of comic books. So it's like I go to the comic book store, get my comics. I usually me and my wife usually get takeout and then we watch AEW. It's like a nice little midweek break. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to need them to do is I'm going to need them to announce that Andrade is going to speak next yeah. week. Yeah. And I'm going to need him to reveal, and I'm going to need them to set up a storyline. Screw it. Just say he's going to have a match. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Or like, be like, set up his first match. Yeah. Set up a little little mini feud. Yeah. Have him fight someone not too big on the card, beat them, and then cut the promo. Like, I'm here. Absolutely. I've seen you work, Evil Uno. I'm just, because I'm looking at his picture, and I'm here to take you out. It's not Evil Uno, but just someone like that. And I do want to talk for a second about the friggin' uh, indie royalty they had in the crowd mm-hmm. this week. They had, um, they had. I think Dan Barry. He's the guy who wears the. Uh, if you've seen him on the indies, he wears like the Hawaiian shirt, and he would do like the finger gun. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. Uh, he's indie royalty. Um, they had Shane Mercer, the Iron Beast, who is physically impressive um he's very cool he's been doing a lot of deathmatch stuff lately but if you've seen the guy who picked up bleachers and swung bleachers around and hit people <laughs> yeah. with them, that was him okay um, he's uh he's prominent um they had zicky dice mm-hmm. who is actually quite prominent he was in nwa recently he was their television champion 
Um, he is very, very good on the mic. So he's actually somebody who could do well in mm-hmm. AEW um, because they are a promo-based company. Because everybody can work. This Again, not entirely my take. I saw this on Twitter, but I agree with it 1,000%. Yeah. Literally everybody can work. So the people that get over in the company are the people that can also talk. Mm-hmm. So he will... He's somebody who could do very well. Um, then they had, I'm trying to, they, it was Iron Beast. Uh, Kevin Blackwood was still there. Very, very good. Um, Willow Nightingale was back. She was in the crowd. Um, they cut to her when Britt Baker was telling people to check under their seats to get the mm-hmm. to get the coupon. She was like, it's not there, Britt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. They cut to her on purpose, clearly. And then they also had the Sea Stars, which is Delmi XO and... Oh, I can't remember her name. We've seen her already. Uh, she is the partner of Layla Hirsch. Oh, um, I don't know her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, they're, they're sisters. Mm-hmm. Delmi XO and... Oh, I can't remember her name. I feel bad. But we've seen her on Dark before. She has competed with the company, and there seemed at one point to be indications that they may be signing. Again, this is just like looking at who they interact with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was, I was like, oh my god, if all those people are on one episode of Dark, that's one hell of a stack Dark. Because if I saw those people on an indie show, I'd be like, I'm watching that indie show. Yeah, it's like the greatest indie <laughs> show ever. Yeah, and it's like wherever Kevin Blackwood is, so is Daniel Garcia, (laughs) because they're attached at the hip. Um, Yeah, again, this was a really, I I feel like this recording has gone on really long. No, it hasn't. No, it felt long. Yeah, Um, just like the episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I didn't talk about indies this week, so maybe I'll do a little bit now. I watched, uh, for people to, for things to check out, there was a... It was a couple weeks ago, but Beyond did a joint show. I can't remember who with, but it was called uh, I think it was called We Love Wrestling or We Like Wrestling. It was a Beyond show, but it was all women, mm-hmm. so that was really cool. It was a full women highlighted show. All the matches were women. It was great. The headliner was the main event was Willow versus Trisha Dora, and that match fucking slapped. Um. It was so good, and I have been in. I'm in the middle of watching Beyond's most recent episode, which just aired on Thursday. It's on IWTV right now, um, and there is a Willow match versus Alex Price or Alec Price, which was really good. He's super hot right now, but he's he's one of those like young cocky little shits. Mm-hmm. So it was really good to see her put him in his place. Um, <laughs> And another another show that I have to highlight is um, if people have heard of Paradigm Pro Wrestling, they're really cool. They've got lots of cool people on it. They have a show called No Hook, which is it's a really unique weekly show that they are running right now where it's they tell you to wear headphones because they put a lot of work into the audio, which is really cool. It's shot with really low light with like highlight like um theater lights uh 
lighting it it's it's super cool and they like lead into matches with like um with almost like audio radio plays oh cool where they'll have some of like the characters talking on the screen but the Mm -hmm. screen is black so like it's cool it's unique and there's really cool people on it um i told you that uh, the filthy tom lawler faced somebody on it oh he faced uh sugar duncan shook d which is pineapple pete nice and he pineapple beat or not that's not his name it's shook d beat him he beat filthy tom lawler and it was a fucking great match he and he was he was serious shook d which was he did his catch his catch can wrestling his uh his uk based uh skills that he learned when he was overseas there against the uh the shoot based mma fighting of tom lawler and it was so good it was really good and they're pushing shug d to their main event title picture so that it's it's all it's really cool to watch um and they also had another event uh same company but they have that show and then they have a show that's basically blood sport mm-hmm. it has the same rules as blood sport except they have ropes but in this uh, in this pay per view, it was the first five minutes of each match is the blood sport rules, which they call it something else, but it's the same rules. And then there's a siren goes off, and then it goes to terminal combat, where it turns into a hardcore match. Yeah, I need to watch this show because you were telling me about it the other day, and this sounds it's, right up my alley. Fucking nuts! <laughs> so they've got these people shoot fighting, and then the siren goes off, and then they run outside and grab trash cans. Yeah. <laughs> And the last three matches on this show, someone broke out nunchucks. Um, That's what I'm talking about. But the last three matches on that event were really, really good. Really, really good stuff. So I highly recommend it. It's unique. It's some of the more unique stuff you'll watch. So watch that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just bring up uh, this Sunday night into Monday morning. Most likely Monday morning is... Uh, Dominion for New Japan. Ooh, okay. And the main event is Shingo Takagi versus uh, Kazuchika Okada for the vacated IWGP heavyweight title. And with the string of bad luck that New Japan's been having, I have a feeling they're going to really do something special for the main event match for the title just to get some good talk going for them after the past couple of months. And plus, I love both these guys. and I want Shingo Takagi to win, but I think with like I was saying, the string of bad luck they've been having it the safest bet is Okada mm-hmm. to have him mm-hmm. with the title back, at least for a little bit. Uh, imagine Andrade showed up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, Can too. you imagine? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I'll try and watch some of that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, if... it's so early Sunday, or mm-hmm. late Sunday night into Monday morning, I'll just watch it Monday after work, but Yeah, I, I I miss having uh, when are, are they doing G one this year? It's going to be later because the Olympics got postponed oh, okay. to this year. To um, yeah, so it'll be in the fall like it was last year. So we'll have to do another special like we did yes. for our first episode. Yes, which we never followed up on episode two. But yeah, we don't that's talk true. About that. Yeah, <laughs> which this <laughs> year hopefully about that. in the G one, you know, guys like Mox and Andrade can come back to the G one and do stuff, mm. which would be cool. Mm. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm sure you'll see an impact guy there. Yeah, maybe. yeah, because they've been heavily featuring them too. Though I don't know who they'd bring in, but there's like Josh Alexander, somebody would be cool. 
but Josh Alexander would be amazing. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you're likely to see TJP. Nope, no thanks. But <laughs> I mean, he does work. He does work New Japan yeah, strong. He works so he's actually strong. is a likely. Compa- oh, I just thought of something. Chris Dickinson, I think, is also likely to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring him in. That's who I'd want to see. Anyways. Maybe, maybe some uh, um, radioactive poppy as well. Um, mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, from the our dual AW and New Japan guy. Yeah. All right, so I think we should bid you adieu because we have been going what feels like a very long time. Yeah. So, I can't get to my recording app. We will see y'all next week. Bye.